Well, if you have your Bible with you this morning, um, we're going to open up and turn to Matthew chapter 9. If you, if you need a Bible, raise your hand. The ushers can get you one here. It's always good to follow along in your own Bible, become familiar with where Scripture is. Oh, yeah, highlight it. When God speaks to you, highlight those yeah. Scriptures so you could go back to it and just absorb it and obtain the life that comes from it. That's right. So this is Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. We're going to uh, read the opening scripture, and then we'll pray, and then we'll begin. So Matthew 9, 35 says this, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among yes. the people. Worship you, Lord. Verse 36, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were harassed and weary and scattered like sheep with no shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Yes. And so let's just pause and pray here before we begin and open the word up. Father, we know, um, just even from this scripture, we know your great love for people. Yes. And that we know it's your desire that none would perish, but all would come to repentance and come to life and come to know you. And so, Father, I pray, because this word says to pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. Help us to see, Lord, the way you see people, the lost people around us. I pray you give us compassionate hearts. Yes. To see them. Help us sense the urgency, Lord, yes. of the hour and what's even at stake in people's lives. And so, Father, we declare you, you are the Lord of the harvest. Hallelujah. I'm asking you to send each one of us. I pray that each one of us would say, yeah, send me. I want to be a laborer in that harvest as you gather the precious fruit of the earth before yes. you come back, Jesus. And so I just thank you, too, that we remember that as we go, we have the promise your promise that you will be with us and the Holy Spirit will help us and give us power yes. to do your will. And so in, in all these things we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So we're going to continue to uh, build upon what we started talking about last week about lost sheep. The title of today's message is Sheep Need a Shepherd. Yeah. Come on. All sheep need a shepherd. Last week we talked about how God cares about the one, and we brought up that parable uh, of the shepherd who had 99 sheep. He had 100, but one left the flock, wandered away, and how he left that flock of 99 to go search after the one. He cared about the one. This is so important for us to understand. He valued that one person. Yes. Or we say a person because it's really, that's, this is how we're meant to understand that parable uh, about the lost sheep. And so when he found it, uh, the story goes, he put it on his shoulders and he carried it home and he yelled to his neighbors and friends, rejoice with me because I found my lost sheep. <laughs> and it's meant to help us understand the heart of God, the enthusiasm, yes. the rejoicing, the yeah. love that God has for one lost person when they come back to him and repent. It says all of heaven rejoices Sweet. when one person gives their life to Christ and one lost sheep is found. Party so in heaven. That's right. And so all heaven, all heaven rejoices over that. And we have to remember that we are the laborers sent out into the harvest to help him to do that. Yes. And we challenged you last week. We said, who do you know 
that is far from God? Who do you know who's lost and not saved? Mm-hmm. And we challenged you to begin to ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Choose one person, bring one person to your mind, and keep your heart on that person. Begin to pray for that person. Yes. Pray that the soil of their heart would be softened so that when you begin to talk with them, it could be a coworker, it could be a neighbor, you know, somebody in your family. Yeah. But we have to seed the ground first with prayer so that people's hearts are open to hear. So let's say your testimony. Yeah. You share something about what God's been doing in your life, how you make it through this crazy world. <laughs> yes. I mean, Easter's coming up. And it's a great opportunity to invite somebody to church and even to begin to think, well, what does the resurrection life of Christ mean to me? This is what we celebrate at Easter, the fact that Jesus rose from the grave. Yes. And that's what that life comes in us. It's resurrection life. Has it changed your life in any way? Has it changed your family's life in any oh, yeah. way? Come on. There's somebody in your sphere that needs to hear how... God has helped you in your life. Don't ever minimize your testimony. That's and think, right. Well, it's not something that doesn't look big and outstanding. It could be something very small. People are often worried about all kinds of little things. And when you begin to share how Christ has been helping you, how the word of God has helped stabilize you in your life, these things give people hope. Yes. And so we are talking today about sheep. Needing a shepherd, like we all need to come under the flock of Jesus, if you will. And so we want to begin by sharing a few things about uh, a once famous sheep named Shrek. This is, this is Shrek is. the sheep. <laughs> he became famous somewhere back in 2004. Where's his face? Yeah. <laughs> When he was found after six years, he had wandered off from a New Zealand sheep farm, wandered off, lived in caves they knew for about six years, and lived in caves because that would give him some protection from wolves and just wild animals. And of course, six years, I mean, his fleece grew and grew, obviously, and grew, and when he was found and they shaved him, they, they shaved off about 60 pounds of wool. They said it was enough to make 20 large men's wool suits. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I mean, he could hardly walk. You can right. see, look at those little legs. Hardly walk under the burden of carrying 60 pounds of weight of that wool. There's another famous sheep named Chris. Let's see this guy. <laughs> Now, Chris was separated from the flock and wandered in the wilderness for five years. Yeah. <laughs> they said by the time hikers spotted him, they thought it was like a rain cloud in the middle of the road. Yeah. <laughs> the guy could barely move. And when they sheared him, there was 89 pounds of wool. Now, just so that you know, it's not just the guys that wandered off. Here's Sheila. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sheila's another lost sheep in Australia. And uh, she managed to find a road 
And she couldn't, she couldn't even walk. The people yeah. found her. They, and when she was sheared, there was 46 pounds of wool. So we, <laughs> yeah. she's gone five years also. So, you know. <laughs> Look at those little legs. You, think you know, the <laughs> average sheep, when they shear it, is under 10 pounds of, of wool. Under 10 pounds of wool. And when they're really, really big, it's only 15 pounds of wool. So you take a look at these for six years. Shrek and Chris and Sheila carried around five to nine times the weight of their fleece simply because they wandered away from their shepherd. Sheep grow wool. (laughs) It's their nature. Wool keeps growing, growing, growing. And honestly, the shearing of the sheep is, a, is very healthy for them. And if they're stubborn like Shrek, they go and hide in caves. <laughs> or others like Chris and Sheila, they just simply wander off. Or they just keep walking. They end up falling away from the shepherd. And the shepherd, these guys, they went to look for them, but just simply couldn't find them. They're in the wilderness. And the wool keeps growing, 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 growing. And what happens is there's parasites that burrow into the wool. That's why they shear them so often. Rhonda, can you put that other picture up, that second one of Shrek? Because, yeah, look at that. Think about parasites burrowing into that thing. You can't even see his eyes. And this is really what happened. You know, what happens is is they get dirt, they get infected, and what happens when those infections come, they stay hidden. They stay hidden. And all these animals, they spent so much time alone that they actually kept running away and afraid of the one who could actually remove the weight and set them free. Sounds like people, doesn't it? (laughs) Oh, man. And it wasn't an accident that Jesus called us sheep. He referred to us as sheep. Because we're prone to wander, aren't we? Hide. Be stubborn. Go our own way. (laughs) And eventually what that does is put us in a position where we're in danger. And hidden infections come in. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. And it leads, actually, eventually to death. And this is why Jesus said sheep need a shepherd. Yeah, Yeah, so they don't end up like this. (laughs) So turn to Jeremiah chapter 10. Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23. This is in the Old Testament, Jeremiah 10, 23. This is such a good truth. If you, if you get revelation of this truth, it will change your life. Yes. <laughs> It'll change your whole purpose, how you approach your decisions in your life. Jeremiah 10, 23 says this, O oh Lord, I know that the determination of the way of a man is not in himself. Mm. It is not in man, even in a strong man or in a man at his best, to direct his own steps. Wow. Now, you know, <laughs> what we all think, especially before we come to Christ, 
that we can direct our own steps. We decide what's best for us, mm -hmm. right? So we set out and just make a plan for our life, make our own path. The big mantra these days is follow your own truth, figure out your truth, live your truth, follow your inner star. Your <laughs> is that American girl, Amanda? I think there's a little mantra that they sell dolls, the American girl doll, follow your inner star. Yikes. <laughs> but it's all about making your own path, do what you've Go where you want to go and do what you want to do, right? Sounds like a song, I know. <laughs> the fifth dimension, right? Yes, hitting our generation. Go Boom! <laughs> I mean, every generation has the same mantra, really. Yep. Do your own thing. I mean, I think that was in the 60s, right? The, the fifth dimension. Yeah. But it seems like everybody's just creating their own truth. I'm going to follow you know, what my heart says to do, determine their own steps. And I look out at the world, I look out at people, and I think, are things getting better when we live by this mantra? Come on now. Follow your own truth. I mean, things are, I don't know about how you see the world, but I see the world in a mess. Things are, I mean, things are just like spinning off the rails. And really, uh, the truth of the matter is, outside of Christ, Outside of Christ, the whole world, it says in 1 John 5, is under the That's power right. of the evil one. Think about what that means. Outside of Christ, it says, it says we know we are of God, mm -hmm. and the whole world is under the power of the evil one. That's a big statement of truth. So if you're outside of Christ, you're not really a, a free agent doing your own thing in truth as you might think that you are. Yeah, come on. Because really, you're under the power of darkness. Now, that's a biggie for us to understand. And this is really humanity's universal problem, just trying to figure out my life, do my own thing, make my own steps, determine where I'm going to go. Mm -hmm. But outside, again, I say this again, of abiding in Christ, you're really following without knowing it, the suggestions of darkness that's of right. the devil. Hey, it could, it could go any number of ways. Follow this. I mean, as far as success goes, climb up this ladder, spend all these years. This is how you'll find success. And then you get to the top of that ladder and you realize it's leaning against the wrong building. It's like <laughs> the devil says, just come on back down and start on this one. And, and we go through our life very much when we don't ask the Lord. When we think we can determine Come our on. own way, we go. chase, we can end up chasing after a lot of things in life. Yes. I Wasted likened time. it to a merry-go-round. I just felt like I'm on, where am I going? What is this all about? And one of the best things that can happen to you and me in our life is to come to the end of ourselves. Yep. Just come to the end of that and, and admit I cannot direct my own steps because this is what scripture says. Guide me, Lord. Sheep need a shepherd. You yes. need a shepherd. I need a shepherd to guide me through this life. Because without a shepherd, if I'm a sheep, and we are, we're likened to sheep in the Bible. Without a shepherd, we're lost. We're outside the fold. You end up looking like Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look out at the world. Just pause for a moment and think about the people that you know right around you. And I'd say, think about the person that the Lord has laid upon your heart. There you go. To engage in, to invite to church, people that are far from God. You know, and look at, look at the confusion in the world. 
It seems like there's just deeper, the world is like on a deeper tilt, if you will. So many, it's just senseless stuff happening, suffering happening. Yeah. People lost under the burden of sin, and it can come in so many ways. Like <laughs> Pastor Steve mentioned, parasites and, and infections and dirt that set in when you are away from the shepherd, hiding in caves. And I think, how do people do this? Well, people hide. Yep. In their sin, they hide in addictions. We hide under the shame of abuse. And you get infected, if you will, with guilt and that shame from the lifestyle that you're living outside of being under the care of the shepherd. That's right. Wandering, confused. I think about people with the whole sexuality confusion, wandering around trying to figure out who I am. And it's no wonder, I think of the first scripture that we began with, with Matthew 9, 36. Jesus is looking out at the multitude the same way, because it says when he looked out at the multitude, he yep. had compassion on them. He like, these are like sheep without a shepherd. They're harassed. They're lost. They're weary. They're helpless. They need a shepherd. They need a shepherd. And Jesus knew what would happen with a sheep without a shepherd. It would be easy prey for the wolves. Very easy prey. Now turn to Ezekiel 34. Ezekiel chapter 34. And Jesus knew what was going to happen. He saw it. You listen, the devil is out to steal, kill, and destroy. And he'll use the weaknesses that sheep have and prey upon that person. Yeah. Ezekiel 34 verse 5. And this is it. This is Jesus knows. I mean, he's, he's the one who created all things here. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And they became food for all the wild beasts. The devil is out to steal, kill, and destroy. He might start you off and things look really good. Things might even go really well. Because he, the deception is all he wants. He'll draw you into a place and then all of a sudden... Everything will cave in. But he, he knows man. He knows you. He's been alive since way before man. He knows the nature of man. Yeah. And so he's, he's playing on our weaknesses. Because we have weaknesses, every single one of us. That's why we need a shepherd. And the characteristics, one of the characteristics of these sheep, which is us, is a mass media mentality or herd mass mentality mind. is probably what you've heard before a herd mentality a so yes yeah, so, mass mind mental yeah. herd mentality and it's uh you know if two start off in the wrong direction you know what that leads the group that leads the group that's the mass men mentality of a, of a herd mentality it's like when one gets frightened and they they all take off and go and there wasn't anything to be frightened of. But they all took off. It's just like a girl's slumber party. I'll pick on the girls here. <laughs> One starts screaming and runs out the house. All the rest get up and run back down and scream. Dad goes, what's wrong? What's wrong? Uh, I don't know. Melissa just started running out and screaming, so we just followed her. <laughs> That's exactly the mass mentality. People, when this happens, people actually start to lose their individual thinking. They just run with the group. 
And we all know that if you're running with the group, it's mostly a disaster. Come on now. And social media takes full advantage of this idea, this, this weakness of herd mentality. And actually, Facebook said that Instagram was toxic, especially to teenage girls. Because there's always this comparison to other people, other girls. When you know you got to look this way, you got to look that way. In that same study, it said that one out of three girls were experiencing what they called a mental health deep dive. Became eating disorders, depression, suicide, uh, you know, pr promoting an unhealthy self-esteem, you know, hating themselves actually. And then that brings into all just try a new gender. Everybody's trying to fit in. Listen, the gap between who you are and who God made you and really who you want to be causes huge emotional tension or distress inside an individual. Yeah. Now, this influence is so great that the truth is that a person will adopt certain moral values that were abnormal to them, bad behaviors, and it's because it's all based on emotion. That people are led by their emotions yeah, rather than rational thinking. Yeah, because people naturally want to be liked. People want to feel like they fit in, accepted. So a person in this intimate mass mind mentality yeah. will just compromise their own convictions in right. order to feel like, well, you like me, and I fit into this in crowd, this group. And so like sheep, when a person gets caught up in that, they're just more willing to do things, make decisions that go against their own convictions based on what the crowd's doing. Right. And I think my marketing and advertising really understand this about how to get us to buy, how to get us, you need this. You have to have it. You Everybody deserve it. it. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, it's like an unsuspecting sheep's mind would be like, oh, I do. I didn't think that I did. No. All your neighbors have it. And you need to look like this and dress like this, mm -hmm. talk like this, do this. I mean, people want to feel like they're part of the crowd. Right? And we'll follow the crowd often just at any expense. Right. And I think about, like, people don't want to feel like they're missing out or feel left out, and especially when you think about grade school age or teenagers, yep. right? Youth, teens, nobody wants to feel like they're some kind of outsider. And what we have to realize is the God of this age, the Bible calls the devil and Satan the God of this age, is at work yes. behind the scenes in this mindset, working to get sheep, to wander off, yeah. determine your own thing, find your own truth, do this to your body because this is how you're going to find freedom. And then I think to myself, look at Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've got to continually work at developing spiritual discernment. Yes, amen. And the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, asking the Holy Spirit to have wisdom to... Teach our kids, teach our teenagers, you know, how to be aware of the programming that comes through social media about the, just the worldview, the secular worldview. Yeah, yeah. 
and all the thoughts and emotions that it might start to produce in you. You've got to be aware of that and where it's coming from. Are these from God? Uh, you, you mentioned depression yeah. and suicide and yep. people, kids. You know, I think teenagers who have their lives ahead of them to have these thoughts, gender confusion. Are these, is this stuff coming from God? Is it coming from the good shepherd? Hmm. Parents, you have a tough assignment. You have a tough assignment. But the Holy Spirit yes, will help will. you if you ask him. Because our children need continual guidance. Yes. They need continual discernment. I mean, social media, video games, the things that they're seeing with, on their phones. This is tough to help keep their minds holy, like Amanda was saying during the hosting. Yes. How do I help my child walk out a holy and pure life in the midst of the barrage of what's coming at me in social media? On a narrow road. But they've got to be able to at an early age, feel the help and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit working inside of their own heart. Come on now. Because the parent can't be there everywhere they go. The child has to begin to begin to have this relationship with the Lord and help yes. me, Holy Spirit, to see through these things. And invite them to have conversations with you. You know, the kids have a lot of questions these days. And that, that's okay. It is okay. Questions are good. It invites an opportunity for you to explore what God says about it, to develop in your child a biblical worldview. How does God see us in the world, and how does the world yes. tell us who we are? So as a parent, I think you've got to have your own uh, relationship and know who's directing your life. Yeah, come on now. Are my steps order to the Lord? Have I made a decision that I'm going to follow this truth and not bend on it. Amen. And who you are in Christ becomes so important because these are the things then you share and you pour into your children. When they're real to you, it's much easier to begin to pour into them. Here's where we find our value and worth. And never forget that this is a living word. Come on now. These are not just words on a page, like they're reading a book and I'm reading information. These are living words. And when we pray them over our children, yes. over our teenagers, and we show them and we value it, the Holy Spirit will make these things real to them. But we have to approach it, of course, in faith. Yes. And value uh, and hold Scripture in high regard ourselves. When we do that, we're actually fulfilling Deuteronomy chapter 6, where we're supposed to be passing our faith on to our children. And that takes time. It takes time. You could get frustrated doing it, but, you know, with a relevant conversation with your child, it's really important. It takes time, just like Pastor Mamie said, actually reading and doing this. Because when it's solid in you, they'll know it. They'll know it. And listen, if you don't know it and the question comes up, just simply say, we're going to find that answer because it'll be in here. Yeah. This, is, this book is the guiding principles. It's going but to you take need prayer. To, yes, yeah, you need to pray and pray and pray. Pray for your children. These, these scriptures are really powerful in here. This is what you want to do is pray for your children. Ask God to make it himself real to them. I mean, if, if make himself real to you, if that's the case, 
But this is all takes relationship. Relationship with your children. Relationship with God himself. You and I are called to be salt and light in this earth. And point others in that same direction. So that they can find their true value. Their true worth. Their true value, their true worth is the blood of Jesus Christ. God himself came just to pay the price for a Shrek, for a Sheila, for a Chris, for you and me. Sheep need a shepherd to guide them, to guide them into the right path. And we know Jesus is the great shepherd, amen? Amen. And throughout the Bible, he reveals himself as a shepherd. Mm -hmm. Psalm 100 Verse 3. Yeah, it's good to find it. We'll go to Psalms, then we'll go to Isaiah, and then we'll jump back to John. Then to Revelation. <laughs> we have these up on PowerPoint. But yeah, but again, it's great it's to find. Psalm 100, verse 3. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Mm -hmm. Isaiah 40, verse 11. Go toward the back of your Bible. Just a few Psalms. Then it goes Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. You're going to go forward. Then Isaiah. 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 Well. However you look at it. <laughs> I say forward. Yeah. Back. Toward the big end. <laughs> <laughs> Isaiah 40, verse 11. Listen to this. He, we're talking about God himself. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. What's this revealing to you about God? This is the God we serve. That's where we're going. John chapter 10. Jesus himself says, I'm the good shepherd. Right there. I'm the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And that's what God did for us. He paid the price for our sin penalty. And turn to Revelation chapter 7. Last book of the Bible. Verse 17. Pretty awesome. This is God. God is our good shepherd. He loves us enough to lay down his life for us. To secure our everlasting. Like I said, he'll bring us to those golden shores. 
We have nothing to fear. It says, for the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to the springs of the water of life. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the good shepherd. This is the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible is not condemning. The God of the Bible is full of love. And he has a plan for each individual to come to Jesus Christ. What does this show? It shows that he tenderly loves us. (laughs) He carries us in his bosom. Like that picture we had last week of the shepherd kissing that lamb. Mm-hmm. Pretty amazing. And his love will, will calm the storms we have in our minds, in our emotions. If we focus on Jesus, if we, we put our mind stayed upon him, he brings a peace that passes all understanding. Mm-hmm. When everybody else is losing their head, because the time's going to come like that. We see pieces of it in certain areas of the world panic sheep scared run off everybody follows but we have our minds stayed on him this is perfect peace it passes all understanding and he'll lead us to freedom he'll lead us to life itself and this peace will be our guide this is the God of the Bible. This is the Jesus that was on the cross for you and for me. Yeah. That's such an awesome scripture. He will guide them to the springs of the waters of life. And, you know, when you are born again, the Bible describes what happens on the inside to us as like a well of salvation that is on the inside of us springing up unto eternal life. And so these, this is the beginning of it. This is a fulfillment coming in the future, yes, in the millennial reign of Christ. But right now, we can, by letting the Lord guide us, tap in and actually, so to speak, drink from the yes. well of salvation on the inside of us. As we partake of his word, as we meditate upon these things, what he's, his kindness to us, that he's tenderly <laughs> leading us, it calms, like Pastor Steve was saying, it calm, starts to calm your emotions. And you're, you're, you're drinking from living water. Yes. These are spiritual truths. But there's one requirement. You, a person has to be willing to put themselves yeah. under and in the hands, if you will, of the shepherd. You cannot partake, we cannot partake of the blessings of what we're talking about unless you willingly humble yourself. Yes, put yourself in the hands of the shepherd, yes. come under his care. And, and he, we make that decision. He's, he's a, we say the Holy Spirit's a perfect gentleman. He's not going to force you to do anything. He's going to his rod and his staff, it says in Psalm 23, you know, they comfort us. And he's going to try, I think, as people wander away to guard you, stay in the flock. Yeah. But he doesn't use his rod to destroy His rod is meant to guide us in the right path. But we have to be willing to be guided. Yes, come on now. 
We've got to be willing to say, I don't have, just like Jeremiah 10, it's not in me to yep. determine my steps. No matter how smart I am, how educated I am, how much money I am, I have, you know, I, don't, I cannot direct my own steps outside of Christ. Because I come under, if yes. you, this is like the scripture, when we believe that scripture, and I do wholeheartedly believe it, the whole world is under the power of the devil. So why wouldn't we want to come under the care of the shepherd? Otherwise, I think of these, these poor sheep that we looked at, Shrek, Chris, <laughs> Sheila. Scripture says in Romans 3.23, we don't have to go there, it says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All. That means everybody in here. Yes. We've all sinned and fallen short of the perfect holiness of God. There's not a person in here who could ever measure up to God's perfect holiness. And this, this scripture in Isaiah 53. Uh, awesome. Yeah, look what it says. How many? Some <laughs> of the sheep have gone astray. No. All we like sheep. Yes. You notice how many scriptures. There are so many in the Bible that talk to us talk about being sheep. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And thank God the Father did not say, well, if that's what they want, let them go. Yeah. <laughs> thank God for his mercy. Yes. Because oh. the other side of the scripture says, and the Lord has laid on him... This is a prophetic word about what Jesus would do on the cross for us. The Lord has laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. Yes. And so the penalty for our sin, our waywardness. Our rebellion. There was a penalty that had to be paid in order for us to be welcomed back and even come back into the fold. And Jesus, the Lord, the Father laid on him the iniquity of us all. Hallelujah. He paid the penalty. Jesus willingly paid the penalty when he died on the cross. That's why he died on the cross, to shed his blood. Without the shedding of blood, Scripture says, there's no forgiveness of sin. <clears throat> it was a high price. Yes, yes. But you were worth it. Hallelujah. Think about that. He loved you enough to die for you took upon himself the weight of the sin of the world. Look, and I think about these sheep and how they look. It's like the weight of the sin of the world came upon him. The guilt, the shame mm. that we all experienced, he wipes it away yes. when you come under the shepherd's care. And if we look at 1 Peter 2.24, this goes with this Isaiah 53 scripture. Yes. Um, we don't have this one on the PowerPoint, so if you would turn to yeah, it. It's in the, Peter. towards the end of the New Testament. This is such a good scripture, 1 Peter 2.24. And 25. And 25, yeah. I mean, you could start in 22. <laughs> You can start in it's chapter started, one. Yeah. <laughs> we could just start in 22. <laughs> First Peter chapter 2, verse 22. This is talking about Jesus. He was guilty of no sin. Neither was deceit ever found on his lips. Wow. Verse 23, when he was reviled and insulted, he didn't revile and offer insult in return. 
And when he was abused and suffered, he made no threats of vengeance. But he trusted himself yes, and everything to him who judges fairly. So he Hallelujah. trusted himself to the plan of the Father. His steps were ordered by the Lord. He was not going to determine in his own feelings, well, this is, I don't want to do this. No, he was obedient. Unto death. Unto death. Verse 24, he personally bore our sins in his own body on the tree as on an altar. He offered himself for you and me that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. Yes. This, was the, this is the purpose of our life. Die to sin, shave, get, get all that shaved off of us, if you will, yes. and live for righteousness. This is the purpose of why you were born. By his wounds, you have been healed. Hallelujah. And that's, that's salvation. You have been saved, in other words. And the word salvation means, it means wholeness, wellness, preservation, Prospered. Prospered, yes. In other words, when Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave, which meant he paid the full penalty for our sin, that life now can come into us. We can come under the the shepherd's care. And I think the the Lord must look out at the world and just think, look at all these people. They're harassed and Mm -hmm. confused like sheep without a shepherd. Yeah, God. Have you returned? Have you returned to the shepherd and overseer? Because this says, you were straying like sheep. I didn't read verse 25. I'm sorry. Yeah, you were, you were going astray like sheep. Yeah. <laughs> like so many sheep. But now you've come back. Hallelujah. Now you've come back to the shepherd and the overseer or the guardian of your soul. This is the plan of the Father. This is the whole point of why you're in the earth to discover that I was meant to live with God and for all eternity. Hallelujah. To be one with him, to be a son or daughter in his family. And so it says you were straying like sheep, but now you've returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your soul. And that's the question this morning. Have you, though, have you returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your soul? I mean, you might say, yeah, thank God I have. Yeah, but what about the rest? I was lost, but now I'm found. What about the rest of the people that are wandering around, that are confused? They're sheep in this world without a shepherd. What did we read first? Matthew chapter 9. It says that when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. Not anger and judgmental. He's moved with compassion because they were harassed. They were weary. They were scattered. Like sheep with no shepherd. And we know people like this. You know people like this. You might be a person like this. And he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful. But the laborers are few. Therefore pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So here we are. Called and anointed to be laborers to send out in the harvest field. He's talking to you. He's talking to me. Yeah. Yes. The question is, will you be a laborer for Christ in his harvest? Yeah. That's the question. It's like the father pleading for you. Please go tell someone. Yeah. yeah. The table has been set. 
pray for this person so that God would soften their heart so that when you do speak to them, the words that God gives you would penetrate them and spark something in them. Mm-hmm. So who is the person that you, you will begin to pray for? Who is that person? And then invite them to church. Your prayers are powerful. Mm-hmm. And God's concerned with the people you're concerned about. Even more so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's important for you to seed the ground with prayer. Lord, move upon their heart. Prepare their heart, Lord. Bring salvation to this person. And use me, Lord. I'm willing to go. Will you be a harvester, a laborer in his harvest? That's the question. It is the question. You might start off with this person and just simply do a kind deed. Do something nice for them. Doing something nice for that person softens their heart. Just be kind. And people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And you know this individual. You know the person you want to talk to. God has brought them to your heart. And so I'm, we're asking you to pray for that individual. Yeah. Yeah, ask them, can I pray for you for anything? Mm-hmm. People have needs. You know, they might, who knows how they might answer. They might feel like, well, I, you know, okay. Well, let's just pray. Yes. These are ways that we just engage people uh, in spiritual matters because so many people are naturally minded about everything. So when we just genuinely talk to them about spiritual things, we don't have to sound like, you know, we're Bible thumping and thee and thou and pray in some kind of King James English. We just, just be genuine. From your heart. From your heart. Share genuinely what knowing Jesus has, how he's helped you in your life. We all should have a testimony of that. There should be something Big and, and small that we can share. Yes. And invite them to church. You know, sometimes that, this is where the conversation can just increase. And just say, you know, I go to this church and want to just join me sometime? Make a plan. Yeah. Invite them to church. You know, Jesus is called the, the chief shepherd. Um, and the church is like a local flock of sheep. <laughs> Every sheep needs a local flock. Amen. Because the Bible talks about in 1 Peter uh, 5 that we should, as pastors and overseers and elders, should tend the flock, nurture the flock that you've been given care for. And so every person who's considered a sheep, when you're inviting them to church, you're kind of getting them involved. And this is a local flock here. Yes. It's a divine gathering. It is a divine gathering. And Jesus cares about the one person. He cares about lost sheep, and he's waiting on you and me. Like, we are his hands, feet, and heart in the earth. Yes. He's anointed us. He will empower us. He will give us strength to do it, wisdom to do it. He's just waiting on you and me to invite them. You want to join the fold. That's <laughs> you it. Know? You know. For... And so, sometimes a heart, you know, we resist. Hearts resist out of fear or pride. You know, we can just sit. Yep. People can sit in the weight of that sin and guilt. Like, think, I've gone too far. Look at me. My life's a mess. Yeah. And, 
And, but Jesus already knows everything about you. Even when we were dead in our sin, he loved us <laughs> yeah. and died for us. This yep. is, that shows how much he loves us. So our messed up life does not uh, push him off. In fact, if anything, he's calling us to say, help me to come to the shepherd. It's like what these sheep, if they would have only come, all it took... They said that Shrek, it took 28 minutes to get all that for off. a professional sheep shearer to get all of that sheep off of him, or all that um, fleece off of him. 60 pounds. 60 pounds of it in less than a half an hour. And all it took was like, if you will, coming home to his shepherd. Yes. Yeah. It's an awesome thought, yeah. Jesus is the only one who can remove the burden of sin from us that's just accumulated in the world and weighs you down. And so, you know, if, if you're here today, and I ask you, you know, we asked this, this question before, have you, mm-hmm. have you given yourself to the care of the shepherd? Have you come under his care? Give up wandering, doing your own thing, and trusting that he knows who you are Scripture says that he's known you from the foundation of the world. Before you were Before formed, you were in, your formed in your mother's womb. womb, he knew you. And he desired you. Yeah. He wanted you. You know, only Jesus can remove the sin that weighs you down. Only Jesus can remove that guilt. Only Jesus. And so if you're ready, if you're here today and you, you realize, no, I, I'm the wandering sheep. <laughs> I've not... I've not come back to the overseer and the shepherd of my soul. Yes. You can, you can come today. Today's the day of salvation. There's no need to wait. So let's just bow our heads. If, if there's anybody in here that you feel like, yeah, that's me. You're talking to me. Yeah. And this is how simple it is. Don't push, don't push his loving, tender call to you away. You know, if you're ready today, to give your life to the shepherd, the overseer, the guardian of your soul. Nobody's looking. You just tell the Lord. Just raise, raise your hand to the Lord. It's like he sees it. He's the only one who needs to see it. I want to give my life to you. I want to come under your care, anybody in here today. Don't be like Shrek. No. Don't be like Chris or Sheila. Wandering off. The good shepherd He's calling your name. He's calling your name. And the thing is, we're not promised tomorrow. You know, there are, there are windows of opportunity that open in our lives, and we think, I'll put it off. I'll think about it. Don't think about it. Because Scripture says our life is like a vapor. We're here today and gone tomorrow. So you want to take advantage of an opportunity here to give your life to Christ if you need to. All right.